Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to the Preacher's Corner on this beautiful Friday. We're going to talk about the, the ten lepers today that Jesus cleanses in Luke chapter number 17 and beginning in verse number 11. And we're going to go through as much as we can get of the rest of chapter 17. But very soon on Fridays, we're going to uh, kick off that favored study has been asked a couple of questions about it and so we shall begin again in the beautiful book of revelation we'll go right back into the the study there and what a thrill it'll be for the new year 2021 coming into uh, springtime just as we kicked it off last year so we'll do it again this year so hopefully that'll be something that's thrilling to you and if it is then uh, let everybody know so they can tune in, so we can get the, the taste of Revelation and come to some of the realities that are written therein. So, really exciting. But today, we just don't want to miss out on these lepers because of how powerful the truth is concerning our own soul as well as the souls of those around us. And so, Father, just bring us to prayer and prepare our hearts that we may be ready to receive what Jesus has. So let's ask him. Father, we are grateful for this day. We thank you, Lord, that though we may have had some hard labor in this day, though we have may, may have had whatever it was, maybe we had a horrible day, maybe we had a great day, but in either case, that we have this moment in the day, this moment, to be able to separate our hearts from all of the crazy, from all of the wild, from all of the, the day that has been before us, to be able to hear you, to be able to see you, and experience your presence. So God bless us in these moments that we may be filled in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, here we go. And Luke chapter number 17, beginning in verse number 11, and the scripture goes forward to say, On the way to Jerusalem he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return to give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Oh, my Lord, what an interesting situation that takes place here. As understanding out of these ten, uh, the, the strong possibility of the other nine was that they were Jews. Uh, it was only recognized in this one as it was testified that he was a Samaritan. Now, as a Samaritan, he does have right to be able to go to the temple. As a Samaritan, 
he he is as believed half Jewish, and so he he has right to whatever it is concerning the temple, concerning the synagogues, as, as to be close to God. But the interesting point is the other nine. The other nine recognizing the healing of their flesh instead of turning back and understanding that God had just touched them, he, they carry on because the desire of their, their goal is the healing of their flesh, that they may return to the appetites that they had to separate from for the time that they were found to be with this horrible disease. And the same thing is true with our modern day. We'll look at it in just a few minutes as concerning the way in which you'll see people who have, who have been judged by the, the media or judged by the, the craziness of our mainstream uh, uh, social agendas of today, and thus they would come out and they would apologize and they would, they would beg for mercy, but the world would, would grind them to a halt even more, would seek to destroy them even harder. <laughs> people at television stations saying something true, just just saying something true, but then being so accosted by their fellow peers that they, they would be run off the station, fired, and, and that their lives would be destroyed, even though they may have apologized. And in that, they apologized for nothing because they said nothing wrong, but the way that it is seen in our society, they, they apologize, but they still get beat to death. And so you, you have this scenario where these ten lepers uh, come to Jesus and cry out for mercy. And Jesus doesn't have to show them mercy. These lepers have, have no doubt sought medical help. They've sought spiritual help from the Pharisees or scribes. They've, they've sought every avenue of being, being healed or delivered from the disease that they're facing there's no doubt that they've tried everything so to speak and so when they hear about the miracles when they when they meet people who have been touched by the miracle hand of jesus they, they see jesus coming on his way to jerusalem and so why not i mean what do you have to lose cry out to this man who is known to have healed so many already cry out to Jesus and so they they cry to him and they say master rabbi would be a word have mercy on us Jesus doesn't even touch them I hope that we get that from Luke 17 here and verse number 14 he, he doesn't even touch them he doesn't have to his voice his word as being God incarnate his word is powerful enough he said, go show yourselves to the priest. But the exciting point of these ten lepers is, is the fact that they share something in common. You see, no matter what station of life, no matter how rich, no matter how poor, no matter how Jewish, no matter how Samaritan, as we've discovered in these sections of Scripture, no matter where they came from or what they were doing in their previous life, they all stand equal in the affliction of their disease. This leprosy is a, a rotting disease. It is a disease that, that begins to decay the flesh. I mean, you, you start literally to rot alive. 
This is a disease that spreads through the whole body and is easily transmissible, in which case remember that at the beginning of the chapter, Jesus is warning us to pay attention to ourselves because if we would, would spread our leprosy to someone else, that we could be guilty of, of destroying lives when we're called to bring the life-saving gospel message to them so that they could be saved. So yes, that the connection of this leprosy to us is the reality of our sin. And leprosy, as revealed in Scripture, often is a revelation of sin. And the reason why is because it creeps in so, so subtly that we would never know that we had it until we begin to see these sores starting to develop and we don't understand what they are. They begin to weep and they begin to to fester and then it starts showing up in different places on our body and when we go to people and we we ask them when we see this sore and we 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 scratch the we scratch it because it's it's itchy you know a little bit itchy and we wonder well whatever it's just a little itchy and and then we shake hands with someone the next thing you know they've got leprosy and they're in a struggle they're suffering and so we passed it on. And then as we see throughout the scriptures that, that it could be easily transmissible, that this leprosy being recognized as sin, and Jesus is warning at the beginning of the chapter, is that there may be sins that we indulge in. And because we enjoy them so much, we want to share them with others. We talk to other people about them. We invite people to come into our sin. And you got to realize that things that have become sin to us of themselves they may not be sinful. You see, uh, just like money, money is not a sinful object. Money is a tool that when used for God's glory could be in, insanely great. My thanks to to the many who have made donation to give to the missionaries that, that our church has been saving up for, uh, Ian and, and Marilyn Torres over in the, in the Philippines that we have been able to raise, I think it was $2,226 for their missions to be able to provide a roof and, and to provide windows for the, the structure that they're building at the church that they have to be able to, to do these marvelous things. And so we could see that money, when used for God's glory, can be an excellent thing. But so much more, I'm sure, could have been given. But others would say, well, I don't want to give my money to that when I know I could give my money to some local charity or I know I could give my money to take care of people here in my own country. But you don't give money for that either because the people that you want to take care of in your own country is yourself. And and the reality of, of the monies that, that we would hoard because we... We don't feel like we have enough, even though we have hundreds of thousands of dollars. Maybe we're a millionaire, but we just don't feel like we have enough because money can't provide security, and security is what we're looking for, and we're trying to find it in money, but it can never be enough, so we never let go of any of it because we're always trying to keep our security. And so money can become sin to us because of that desire. Obviously, food, food is is not sinful we need food in order to survive but when we when we overindulge in foods and and when we could help others have a meal but we choose to keep all of that food to ourselves and be food can become sin sports 
can become sin. All things in our lives that, that we can become infatuated with can become sin to us. And so your leprosy may look different from my leprosy, and your leprosy may be different from my leprosy because we all have sin, but our sin may be different from one another. But the fact of the matter is, is that we're all gripped by leprosy. That's the one thing that we do all share in common. Jesus, really, I should say, the Father said through Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter number 18 and verse number 4, that the soul that sins, it shall die. And we understand from Romans chapter number 5 and verse number 12 that sin entered into the world through one man, and thus death entered into the world, and so death passes upon all man, for that all man has sinned. So we understand this connection of leprosy is real to every single human being that has come on the earth. And there's, there's no way for us to be able to escape the leprosy because we're born with it. We're born in it. And this is the challenge that we face. Now, what is the only way for us to find the, the healing and cleansing power of deliverance from our sin? What's the only hope that we have? Well, the scripture is revealed right here by Jesus that the only hope that we have is Jesus. He's the only answer. And thus he it comes down and, and these 10 lepers, they cry out to Jesus in verse number 13 and they say, have mercy on us. But why do, the other, why do the other nine cry out to Jesus? What mercy are they looking for? The mercy of being able to go back into their sin? The mercy of being able to go back into the enjoyments of the flesh that they had before they were separated from their society because of their sin? The enjoyments of, of the infatuations that once they carried before they had the reality of, of their flesh being destroyed by their choices? What... What did the other nine seek and desire to obtain? But then there is this one. Now, in, in reality, you see that Jesus heals all ten. Now, understanding that Jesus would know the nature of their hearts, he still healed all ten. And the reason being is because God so loved the world. God loved you. Even when you were yet a sinner, Christ would come to die for the ungodly, Romans chapter 5 reveals. Because God loved you. Even when you didn't love him, he first loved you, as revealed in, in 1 John chapter number 4. God just loves you. And he wants to give to you. And he wants to save you. And he wants to deliver you from the issue of your leprosy. He wants to do these things. And so even when you're not looking to him, he's still willing to set you free just in, in the hope. God has hope for you. And as you learn of God's hope for you, it builds your hope for God. But these other nine didn't choose to learn of Jesus, to learn of God's hope. These other nine were hoping for their regular life again, and that's what they were chasing after, and that's what they went for. But Jesus healed all ten so that one 
would come to the reality and realize that there are a whole church full of people around you, but very few actually understand why they're there. There, there is a whole church full of people around you, but very few actually truly know Jesus and desire that fellowship of relationship with him. There's one leper out of the other, out of ten, and he gets it. Let's take a look at these guys. So understanding first that leprosy is recognized as sin, and in these ten lepers, though they may be different people from different walks of life, having different issues that brought them to the point where they are, where they are in their leprosy, they all share one thing in common, that they're lepers. They all recognize Jesus' power and authority. Whether they're going to, to turn back to follow him or not, it doesn't change the fact that they recognize Jesus' authority. The church, again, can be filled full of people that, that do recognize the authority of God, but choose not to submit themselves and surrender to it. And yet, there may be a few inside the house that have surrendered to the Lord, and often you'll find that the work of the, of the church is being done by the 10% rather than the 90 and, and wouldn't it be great if, if there was 99% so that the one would grow unto knowing what, what to do and serve the king? But we see a 10% rule as applied to these lepers. Jesus is healed in, in Luke 17 as nine go their way to do what they wanted to do again, but one truly gets it. So once more, the work will be done through the 10% rather than the 90. And then it goes down. And, and in verse number 14, Jesus says, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And the reality of this is in order to be able to go back into the normalcy of your life, you've got to have that deliverance from the priesthood. You've got to have that seal, that rabbinic seal is being cleansed. And so, it's not enough, assumedly, that you would be healed by Jesus and set free, but that you would have to actually be ordained by the priesthood as being cleansed before it could be recognized as, as a true healing. And so Jesus, understanding this, tells them, go your way. Go to the priest. Show yourself for your cleansing. And thus, it's really exciting because as they ten are walking along the path rejoicing in the fact that they have received a healing, rejoicing in the fact that they have received a cleansing. And the reality of this is found in something that happened within the, the last couple of months here at Morgan's when we had an individual that that would, would cry out for an anointing, that we would have an individual that would cry out to have prayer over them as concerning the potential of a disease that they had been discovered having and, and, and desiring to be cleansed of it. And wouldn't you know, God touched them. They went to the doctor. The doctor cleared them and given them a, a, a clear bill of health. And that's exactly what Jesus is telling these 10 lepers to do. Essentially, go to the priest, just as this person went to the doctor for the MRI scans that they would have. And just as the priest would say, there is no leprosy, you are cleansed. So the doctor said, there is no signs of cancer. Just like we, we uh, first assumed was there, there is no signs of cancer. Now, do I believe that there was? Sure, I do. 
Do I believe that the doctor screwed up the first time? No. I believe that they saw what they saw. And I believe God did what he did through the prayers of his saints. And I believe that even though this person uh, has since not returned to the house of God, not not served God, not, not done anything for the Lord, he still healed them because he loved them and because he has hope for them to return to him one day. Well, God knows the time of the return and God knows if they're not going to return. But you know what? We don't know that. I don't know that. And so I share the love of God and, and become the love of God to those who may not even deserve the love of God because God knows something I don't. And if he calls us to service, then because we love God, we serve. And so it comes down to this point that he says that, that they go to the priest at verse 14 and, and they, they get their sign of clean health, a bill of cleanness there. But one guy... As he is in his journey, he doesn't get there. It says that one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He didn't carry on. The one didn't go and even show himself to the priest. But the truth behind this is, is that there wasn't any reason why he should. I mean, yes, it would it would open up the society he was once familiar with back to him that the priesthood would say you're okay but the same priesthood that would release the other nine lepers would still consider this man only to be a half-breed the same priesthood who would bless the other nine would would certainly say that this man was healed of his leprosy but wouldn't have anything to do with him because he was a samaritan and if you recall and the conversation that was happening in John chapter number 4, when, it, when, when Jesus was dealing with the woman at the well, as the woman was being a Samaritan, she even said, not Jesus, but she said, Don't you know that the Jews have no dealing with us Samaritans? And so the, the, the reality that comes down the line is, is that even though this man would have been pronounced clean from his leprosy, he still wouldn't have had any standing before the priesthood, nor would he have had any standing before the people at Jerusalem, for this man was recognized only as a Samaritan. And so what we find about this in verses 15 and 16 is that one of them, Oddly enough, it was the one that was a Samaritan. You see, and, and the scripture has revealed time and time again that, that God was going to bring the wild olive tree and graft it in, that God was going to come for us Gentiles and bring us into uh, his covenant, bring us into his new covenant through the Messiah. We have entrance into his kingdom and, and that his own people that would that should have recognized him and been able to come into the kingdom are the very ones that reject him. Well, the other nine didn't return to Jesus. The other nine ended up going forth and rejecting him, even though he had provided a healing for them. But this one, this Samaritan, he turned back and didn't even bother to, to go see the priest who could have pronounced him clean because he didn't need to see someone who could pronounce him to be something that he knows he already is. 
and that's faith. Faith draws us to Jesus instead of religion. Faith acknowledges the, the healing that we have received instead of the processes required by religion. Faith drives us to the feet of the master instead of the, the implements and practices of religion. Faith, it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so it comes down to this one who turned back when he saw that he was healed. This guy actually recognized the healing that happened in himself. Now it's not to say that the other nine didn't recognize the healing that had happened, but they, they had not accepted the healing until the priest would cleanse them or say that they were healed, just like those who have been who have been treated so harshly in the media that stood up for the truth and have spoken the truth that that they went groveling back to the media and, and, and asking for forgiveness of the crime of telling the truth, oh my goodness, that that they have not received that forgiveness. That's the same thing as these people that even though Jesus would heal them, yet still they would proceed to the priest in order for the priest to certify this healing to say you're good to go so that they could be uh, acceptable to the religion again. They could be acceptable to the society again. They could be acceptable to their desire, by the way, that brought them into the leprosy in the first place, but that they could be acceptable to their desire again. Whereas this one guy could care less about what the world thinks about him. This one guy could care less about what, what the priesthood would have to say or not say about him. Could care less about what religion was doing around him. This one guy, of course being a Samaritan, but this one guy, recognizing what had been done in him, he saw that he was healed. Now that, that sight that is referred to in this word is not with the eyes. It wasn't like he was looking all over himself and saying, wow, I don't have any spots anymore. Wow. I'm not rotting to death anymore. It wasn't that he saw with the physical nature of his eyes that he was healed, but that he understood. That's what this word means. That he understood what had happened to him. That he realized, that he came to a realization of what had just taken place in his body, in his, his life. He understood. And that was enough. Now see if... If the greater majority of our churches understood what had happened to their, their lives, would they be doing things differently? Would they see Jesus differently? Instead of a process of religion, would they actually understand that, that he is the king and that they are subject to him? And instead of the, the rituals of, of what is believed to be sacrifices, that they would realize that God, for his love for them, sacrificed everything and that they would, they would willingly give their own lives now to serve the king because of what he had given to them? Would they, would they, would they actually understand what had taken place in their salvation? Would they understand why Jesus brought the church into existence and would they understand what the purpose of us gathered together as a church is for? Well, this one guy got it. This one guy did. The Samaritan of all people, he got it. And when he turned back, 
He didn't go to the priesthood. He turned back to the high priest of his soul. And you know what it caused? It caused a great rejoicing. As the scripture here reveals, it says that he saw that he was healed. He turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan, but he just fell on his face at Jesus, giving him thanks. Giving praise unto his king for his deliverance was, 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 man, it was done. He was healed. Hallelujah. And thus, it continues down. And it says that he fell on his face at Jesus' feet. And when's the last time? I mean, just, just being honest. Just being honest. When's the last time you fell on your face at Jesus' feet? And you recognized that, that Jesus has done such an amazing work in your life and in your soul that you just fell at his feet. That you just surrendered to Jesus. That's exactly what this guy did. He just fell at his feet. And Jesus, he asked this question. But but it, it, it's a question asked, but not not necessary. I mean, it's one of those, uh, what would we say, those, those questions that you ask that you already know the answer to, a rhetorical question. He said, weren't 10 people cleansed? Well, where are the other nine? <laughs> now, Jesus knows where the other nine are. Jesus knows what's in the other nine's hearts. Jesus is very familiar with the situation as he has already given deliverance to so many people who do not follow him, who do not have any desire for him, who do not look to him for salvation. Jesus has already provided uh, the love of God to so many that they have not re returned that love to him, but Jesus still continues to give the love of God. He still continues to heal the those that will not return to him he still does for those that that will not do for him and in fact he's living up to the teachings that he said what thanks do you get for taking care of people whom you know are going to turn around and take care of you but rather if you're going to serve god just freely give your life to those that may even despise and reject you so that you could be a blessing to god by being a blessing to them and what they choose to do will be the heaps of coals that they lump upon their own heads in the day of the fire that they shall be judged by. But you, you just do what's right. Because Jesus did what was right. And that's who you're following. And Jesus said, we're, we're not ten cleansed, where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Ah, now what did Jesus just allude to? What did Jesus just reveal? That this foreigner, this Samaritan, is actually the one giving praise to God, not the other nine. Well, the other nine are giving praise to the temple. The other nine are giving praise to the priesthood. The other nine are doing, uh, giving praise to the law of God as they go and they, they get themselves pronounced clean. They're getting praise to themselves, but they're not praising God. For if they were to praise God in, in truth for the healing they received, they would return to Jesus. They would seek Jesus. They would recognize the healing work of Jesus. And that's exactly who they would turn to. But that's not what they did. And so the price is paid. 
And thus, it, it comes down, and he says, Is no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Well, the reality of our lives in the church today is that oftentimes we show up to church for, for the purpose of praise, but the praise is generally to anyone and everyone except God. You say, whoa, pastor, now that's rude. That, that ain't right. Yeah, but you don't understand. I'm also throwing the pastors under the bus on that one. You see, uh, a well-prepared sermon and, and a well-practiced sermon with an excellent delivery and sales approach and, and the perfect uh, rock and roll music to draw the crowds and the, and the light show to be able to, to create an ambience that the people would want to return to and all of these other showmanship skills that would be done through the purpose of entertaining people so that they would be enticed to come back is is no different than the sin that exists in the world to draw people away from God. It's no different. Now, no, I'm not attacking music, your music. I'm not attacking your church, but I am saying that Jesus warned us at the beginning of Luke 17 to, to pay close attention to ourselves, to be very careful how we do things for the service of our king because oftentimes in thinking that we're serving God, we may be serving the desires of our own flesh. We may be serving ourselves. And the reality is found in this nine that would continue on with, with the way of their religion instead of recognizing that, that Jesus is their deliverance. That, that to praise God is to turn to Jesus. And it says right here, was no one found to return except this foreigner? Perhaps we need to be more a foreigner to the world that we live in today instead of being recognized by the world and being a foreigner to Jesus. I would rather be a foreigner to this world. How about you? And he said to this man, Rise and go your way. Your faith. Now see... There's the example of faith once more, the, the things hoped for. You see, this man had a great desire to be healed, and he hoped for that healing. And then when he saw the evidence of what could not be seen, see, faith is the substance, the actual meat of, of, of the hope that you have, and the actual evidence of the thing not seen. Jesus just said, go your way and show yourselves to the priest. Jesus didn't go through a process of, of actions with his hands that would remove the source. Jesus didn't, didn't touch the people. He just spoke to them. And the evidence of the power of God is revealed in the fact that the person, this Samaritan, came to understand what had happened. To realize the very authority of God and that all he has to do is speak and it's done. To understand that, that it was not the, the, the multitude of different things that would cause him to be healed, but the very word of God alone and by itself that had the cleansing power. It's not the lights, and it's not the entertainment, and it's not the smoke, and it's not the delivery of the message, and it's not, the, it's not all of the things of entertainment that we're seeking. It's the power of God's word alone. That is, that is capable to heal the sin-sick soul. And it's just that. 
that we must rely upon. And that is exactly why the Preacher's Corner exists, is to bring us to the reliance of God's Word alone. We don't have the band. We don't have the lights. We don't, we don't have the fancies. We sure do have God's Word. And that's all we need in this life to bring us to faith in Jesus. Now, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And, and by faith, we understand the things that we cannot see. And through faith, we build the hope of a future in Christ. And that is what makes us well. That is so exciting. Verse number 19. Now, I'm going to read over this, verse 20. We're just going to read over this, and then we'll finish it up on Monday. And, and the scriptures go forward to say that the coming of the kingdom, but which kingdom are we referring to? So in verse number 20, it goes down saying, Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, The kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed, nor will they say, Look, here it is, or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. And he said to the disciples, The days are coming when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man. You will not see it. And they will say to you, Look, there, or look, here, do not go out and follow them. For as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so the Son of Man will be in his day. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking and marrying and being given in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But on the day when Lot went out of Sodom, fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all. So will it be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, let the one who is on the housetop with his goods in the house not come down and take them away. And likewise, let the one who is in the field not turn back. Remember Lot's wife? Whosoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life will keep it. I tell you that in one night there will be two in one bed, and one will be taken and the other left. There will be two women in let's see, there will be two women grinding together, one will be taken and the other left. And they said to him, Where, Lord? And he said to them, Where the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. Oh, exciting, guys, but you're going to have to wait until this coming Monday because we're not broadcasting tomorrow is Shabbat. It is the time of rest for our souls, and so we're going to consider the Lord. And, and remember that, that coming up on Fridays from here on out, we're going to be covering the book of Revelation, if that's a thrill to you. 
and other people have been asking about it, then get them all to tune in here at the Preacher's Corner as we dig into the book of Revelation. And we will catch up to Luke chapter number 17 and verse number 20 as coming Monday, dealing with the coming of the kingdom. And we'll explain the two kingdoms referred to in tandem here in these scriptures. And we'll look at what Jesus has to say, not only about the rapture at this point, but also about what is to come in our near future. Father, we are grateful for everything that you have done, for what you have revealed, and how you have spoken to us concerning the potential of our leprosy, the need for our cleansing, and the opening of our eyes to realize the great work you have done inside of us in cleansing us, that we would not turn to the religion, Lord, back to the practices of this world, but that we would acknowledge that it was Jesus, and we would trust in, in following him. So we ask and pray that you will bless us this day. In Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. All right, guys. Well, God bless you, keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. And I'll catch up to you on Monday. Now be advised, just as a quick note, we are gathering together for those that do desire to come together. We're gathering together tonight, 6.30 p.m. to, to go over this and so much more. So y'all have a great night and take care.